This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Like all the butter fell off it. You have to like butter the turkey. I was like, Mom, it's okay. I'm going to pick it up. We're going to wash it. We're going to start again. It's going to be fine. <laughs> And like you're gonna put it in like a 375 degree oven. It's yeah, it's fine. it's fine. I know. I'm living in a sitcom over here, y'all. Welcome to Millennial, the home of pretend adulting and real talk. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. We have some news to kick off today's episode. The Millennial and Muggle Stock Overstocks Muggle Wait, the Millennial and Muggle Cast Overstock store are now open. Woo. So you can grab extras of our awesome patron gifts while supplies last, including the Millennial Water Bottle, the Millennial Adulting Planner, which covers you for two years, by the way, the 2020 t-shirt, which Laura is actually wearing tonight, and it's matching her hair. And uh, many MuggleCast items as well. Once these are gone, they are gone. So please act fast. The URL is mugglemillennial.etsy.com. There also will be a link in the show notes and we'll have some posts on social media coming soon. But yeah, we're very excited to get rid of some of this stuff because it's just taking up a lot of space at this point and it's time to get it back out to the people. Let's help the listeners shop for a moment, though. The holiday season is coming. What would you two buy from the store if you had to pick one thing? Oh, that planner has honestly come in clutch for me. It's so good because the backs of the pages are blank in it. And I basically reserve that for note taking and to do listing throughout my day. If anything comes up outside of the agenda, I've already written up for myself. So it's been a game changer for me. I would go with the water bottle if you don't have a good reusable one or if you know somebody who's a fan of our show that doesn't have a good reusable one because that thing is so nice we were really hell-bent on making sure it was double-walled insulated so that means it's going to keep your water super cold or it'll keep your drink super hot if you want to be a little chaotic and toss some coffee or tea in there and I think it's 20 ounces which is nice too that that's yeah you know it's a good amount of water obviously like not as much as we need for the whole day, but it's a good starting off point. And plus, you mentioned double insulated. This thing's like a weapon. If you needed yeah. to hit somebody across the head with it, you could. Yeah. You could probably knock them out. I have. Cheaper than a hydro flask, <laughs> as much as I love my hydro flask. <laughs> 
You have used it as a weapon, Laura? I have. A hun- no, wow. I'm kidding. I'm not going to admit to that on the show. You never know. They probably <laughs> deserved it. I'm not stupid. <laughs> oh, you don't admit to crimes like I do on the no. podcast. <laughs> I save those for after dark. <laughs> I'll go ahead and uh, promote the 2020 shirt since you two hit the other two millennial items. Um, (laughs) I love that shirt. The design is so gorgeous, I think. The 2020 on fire still slaps for me. It's iconic. Mm -hmm. Check those items out and the MuggleCast items over at mugglemillennial.etsy.com. Again, while supplies last, we're not printing any of this stuff again. So please do check it out sooner rather than later. Also, just a little programming notes. We will be off next week uh no new episode because it's thanksgiving already apparently Jeez. I, I, I thought i had another week to go shopping oh yeah we bought our turkey over the weekend so we're oh, good on that man. front i don't have space for it i need a big turkey for the big family oh you're cooking the turkey yeah and it's like i'm so stressed about it this is baby's first turkey oh. so if i fuck it up no one's gonna have dinner it seems very stressful to me. I was like, Pat, let's just cater. Well, Mama G dropped the turkey last year <gasps> and she almost like had a whole meltdown before it went into the oven. But she looked like she was ready to cry because she dropped the turkey and she had one job. So I'm just going to do it this year and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Hope the spirit of my ancestors are with me and I season it properly and it doesn't <laughs> get dry. Please tell us how it goes in two weeks. Yeah. And just I will. to Mama G, you know, what I would say to her is. Yeah, she may feel like she only had one job, but the turkey is like the job the of job. Thanksgiving. So it was yes. a, it was a big job, right? Yeah. So I understand why she was upset. And I mean, especially if it wasn't cooked yet. I mean, I know she like all the butter <laughs> fell off it. You have to like butter the turkey. I was like, "Mom, it's okay. I'm going to pick it up. We're going to wash it. We're going to start again. It's going to be fine." <laughs> exactly. And like you're going to put it in like a 375 degree oven. Yeah, it's fine. I'm living in a sitcom over here, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Laura, do you have any plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, Just our regular family plans. We go down to uh, Mark's family and then we go up to my family in the evening. So a lot of driving for us, but a lot of good food too. Excellent. As Andrew said, we are going to be off next week for Thanksgiving. But when we come back the week after Thanksgiving, we are going to be doing a holiday themed confessional edition. So what we want you all to do is take note of all the shitty things your shitty family members do, all the crazy things your crazy family members do, and everything in between this Thanksgiving, and send them in to us. Head on over to millennialshow.com and send them to us anonymously using our confessional. Uh, you can also send them to millennialshow at gmail.com and we'll keep your identity uh, anonymous as well. So whichever one you would like to do. But we super look forward to hearing all all of the uh, crazy family antics and giving you some catharsis and a place to vent after you sit down at Thanksgiving dinner with your racist uncle, with your Karen aunt, <laughs> whichever family member makes you crazy. I love the idea. This will be a lot of fun. So please send those in. Thank you, everybody. And Godspeed over Thanksgiving. <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs> Well, actually, I'll just drop a little Thanksgiving fact in here really quickly. 
We're going to talk about inflation in a second, but the cost of Thanksgiving turkeys is actually down this year. I did notice that. I've been shopping around. Excellent. Pam has been pleased with the turkey prices. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Laura, why don't you uh, give us some updates about what's going been going on in America in particular? Yeah, we've got quite a few things. So we talked about um, last week's elections during the episode. We didn't have full results from them yet, so we just wanted to revisit it. You've probably all seen it at this point, but we just want to take a moment to celebrate, get out the champagne for Ohio, um, because if you go to Ohio now, you have abortion check. Legal weed, check. And I mean, honestly, that is the stuff of uh, Republican nightmares. Honestly, (laughs) they like I saw Rick Santorum making the rounds on the outlets. I forgot he existed, honestly. And I don't know who's decided he's a good spokesperson for the GOP, but he's not. Um, But he was out there acting like we're all going to like go to fucking Cleveland or something have Woodstock get pregnant (laughs) and like light up a doobie while we're getting our abortions. Like that is the, that is the perception that is at play here. And it's disturbing, but hilarious. (laughs) I did see him come out of the woodwork like you. And I saw him saying how, what was Ohio thinking putting weed on the ballot, uh, same ballot as abortion, because that's going to get the people to turn out. And then they're also going to vote yes on abortion rights. So he was blaming the weed basically for, for uh, what happened in Ohio. But no, we keep seeing time and time again that the people are saying yes to abortion rights. It's just been that simple. Which is what y'all wanted, right? Right. (laughs) But also, like, I think Lauren, I made this point before. The one thing that Republicans hate more than um, abortion is being told what to do. And that's what they've underestimated here, right? Like, Republicans want a lot of things, but they also don't want anybody policing their bodies. And that's what it comes down to. So for better or worse, however they're rationalizing it is just fine with us, obviously, if it means that women (laughs) get to keep their rights to bodily autonomy. And to be honest, abortion and weed are two issues that actually have a lot of bipartisan support in this country. Vast majorities of Americans support the right to abortion and weed legalization. So these are two issues that kind of, I think you would find more progressive-minded people pro these issues, but they wouldn't be able to... um, put them into effect if there weren't a significant chunk of independent and conservative voters getting on board too. So just remember that Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all. Also just wanted to say related to last week's elections, Kentucky managed to hang on to their democratic governor, which was kind of a surprise. It was not looking good. And Virginia Democrats took control of their state legislature. So congrats, Virginia. That's huge news for them because Virginia's governor had been leading a year-long campaign uh, trying to prevent this exact thing from happening. And the funny thing about this was he encouraged uh, state Republicans to not run on pro-Trump or Trumpian platforms because he was concerned, with good reason, that that would impact their ability to win the election. So they all ran on much more moderate platforms and they still lost anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yes. 
Also, we got to give Dark Brandon his moment when we're talking about <laughs> about inflation in the month of October. Like you alluded to, Andrew, inflation eased. It did. In the month of October. I love looking at these these reports come out monthly, right? And it shows you exactly yeah. which categories are ticking up and down in terms of the monthly changes. So like what went down this month in price? I think this is interesting for people to know. Non-alcoholic beverages. Great news for Diet mm. Coke girly Laura. New vehicles. Great news. And this is just a very small tick down, by the way, just 0.1% for both of these. Fuel oil, 0.8. Uh, used cars and trucks, 0.8. Airline fares went down, 0.9. Physician services went down one, one what percent? Uh, and then gasoline, five percent drop, which should be very exciting news for a lot of our listeners. And then all the other categories went up, but they weren't big jumps. There was nothing that went up five percent, like gasoline went down five percent, for example. The top of the list in terms of monthly changes, one point nine percent increase in the price of tobacco and smoking products, which is probably good news. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. So, yeah, it's it's very nice to see. And it also leaves people optimistic that the Fed will not raise interest rates again soon. So more government news. I know y'all remember back in what was it late September, early October? It feels like it was just fucking yesterday. But um, the House of Representatives kind of kicked the can down the road on a government shutdown and got enough funding to get us through to about mid-November. Mid-November has come, and the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has managed to get a government funding bill passed. Uh, What's hilarious about this is a theme we've touched on a couple of times related to the House, but because the Republican majority is so narrow in the House, and because there are enough Republicans who are batshit crazy and want to tank their own agenda, the Speaker has to rely on Democratic votes to get anything passed, including this funding bill. So Democrats did cross party lines to make sure the government stays funded, which is good news. We don't have to have um, any more CNN countdown clocks to, <laughs> to when the government shuts down until January, because that's only as far as this bill funds the government. So the House basically just kicked the can down the road a couple of months and we'll be back. In January. So stay tuned. (laughs) Mike Johnson got it done. This is what happens when you don't look at porn. You got time to keep the country open. For more on that, see last week's episode. (laughs) And by the way, I did tell uh, I posted this on Patreon, but I was able to get a refund from Covenant Eyes. I shut down my accounts because it just was not working for me, unfortunately. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Andrew. Your porn addiction lives on, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Woe is me. I can think of somebody who's going to have a lot more time to watch porn now, and it's Joe Manchin because he announced that he's not running for re-election. He is the Democratic West Virginia senator who has been a thorn in the side of uh, the last couple of Democratic administrations because he basically holds Democratic agendas hostage as, um, you know, various members of the executive office try to get him to vote with his party. Um, he won't be running for re-election because he's looking at um, next year's race and seeing that he's probably going to lose if he tries to run. So he's going ahead and um, kind of getting ahead 
of that inevitable loss. But that means a couple of things. It means that Democrats will probably never see a West Virginia Democrat again, at least not anytime soon. And there are some who are concerned that Joe Manchin may be doing this to prepare himself for an independent presidential run in 2024, which I fucking hope he's not that stupid. (laughs) Yeah, 2024 seems soon, too. And I know Joe Manchin, I feel like he's enemy number one for you. Like, you really hate this guy, Laura. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I just despise his principles. With every fiber of your being. Yeah. Okay. Honestly. All right. Wow. Sorry, a positive take. <laughs> so, you know, congrats, Joe Manchin. He's, ta- <laughs> he's talked about how he's going to go on a national tour to see if he can find enough support for voices in the middle. And oh, he's already... Okay. You see what I'm saying? That you is see a big what I'm hint. saying? Yes. This, yes. this motherfucker is going to try to run for president and he better not do it next year because then I will hate him. <laughs> right. Splitting up the vote, <laughs> making a mess. I get it. Right. Right. If they do that to Trump, I don't care. Don't do it to Biden, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> America's hanging on by a thread. <laughs> this is not the time. Kind of literally. So. Literally. But we do have some more good news for people um, in response to continued inflation, um, although we are seeing things kind of leveling out, um, retirement savings accounts are going to see uh, increases to the amount that you can contribute in 2024. So your 401k, 403b, 457b limits are all increasing by $500 from $22,500 to $23,000. And your IRA limits are increasing from $6,500 to $7,000. So $500 increases to both, meaning that that's just more opportunity for you to maximize your retirement contributions next year, which is good news. It is. Um, (laughs) Also, just of note, might want to go out and look at the IRS tax brackets because they've been updated for 2024 in response to inflation. They haven't changed the tax brackets insofar as they've broadened them. So your tax bracket, depending on your income, might be different, particularly if you're in a lower tax bracket. You might have moved into an even lower one, just depending on where you're positioned in that. Ooh, so definitely lower one. Yeah. Mm. So take a look at the updated IRS tax brackets and just bear in mind that you're not going to see these until you file in 2025 because it'll be for the tax year 2024. I'm just looking. I I make two million a year. It looks like I'm unaffected by this. <laughs> so that that's good, I think. Well, I think if you actually made two million a year, you might not feel that way. <laughs> Nor would I be sitting here right now. <laughs> Millionaires never. Well, I'm not going to paint with a broad brush. Never mind. I'm going to shut up. Um, wow, Laura's entering the year with so much positivity. No, Laura, no. we have to. We have to hate the rich, eat the rich. I'm just saying that oftentimes there's a high correlation between people who are against paying higher rates of taxes yes. and people who make incomes that they. Don't actually, they could never possibly need in a million lifetimes. That's all I'm Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. No, I totally understand and agree. 
So that is all of our national updates for the last week. I'm going to hand it over to Pam. I'm here to update you all on what's going on over in Hollywood in terms of the strikes. So obviously, we already covered the end of the writer's strike, and we have very good news coming out of the actor's strike. SAG-AFTRA, which is the union that represents the actors, have officially reached a deal with the studios. And that came down last Wednesday. So if you saw a lot of your favorite actors posting to Instagram about projects that happened over the summer. That's why they're officially allowed to talk about those now that striking is officially over. This was officially the longest actor strike in Hollywood history. They lasted 118 days in total, and it sounds like it was worth it. So according to the union, the new contract is worth over $1 billion. And this includes a historic pay increase with most minimums increasing by 7%. Consent and compensation guardrails on the use of AI. That's really huge here. That artificial intelligence problem is something that's been affecting all industries. And that's something that they were heavily fighting for. So it's great to see that they got something there. Um, They're also um, including a streaming participation bonus. So larger cut from the streaming royalties, also great to see, and then an increase in pension and health contributions. So it sounds like they got a lot of what they were bargaining for. And this is just proof that striking works and unions are good. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's some things and we should just say that they're not that actors aren't entirely happy with. There's still some like AI elements that they're worried about, for example. But yeah, it does largely seem like this was a big win for them. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that Hollywood is finally officially reopening. Yeah. And as a reminder, these contracts are good for three years. So (laughs) it's possible we might be back in the same situation three years from now if the studios don't shape up. So At which point, new concerns around AI will surely have formed. Very true. All right. Well, that's all of our smaller updates. We're going to spend the rest of this episode looking back at Tumblr and other social media networks gone by. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So I saw some unfortunate news last week. Tumblr has told their teams that they will be downscaling, and this follows a few years of trying to turn things around and become the popular social media site so many people used to adore. Um, Just to catch everybody up very briefly, Tumblr has had numerous owners over the last few years, with every acquisition slowly contributing to its eventual demise. It was initially sold in 2013 to Yahoo, who was then purchased by Verizon in 2017. Then in December 2018, Verizon stopped allowing porn on Tumblr and traffic reportedly slipped by 30% in the following year. Tumblr was then sold to Automatic, who owns WordPress. People love WordPress, good company, so it seems like that could be pretty good news. The removal of porn 
has been widely credited with the site's demise. But of course, people's social media usage just evolves over the years. New things pop up. Do you all remember when you stopped using Tumblr? I feel like in 2012 or so was for me was around when I stopped using it. It wasn't the porn for me. It was just like, there's other social media networks I'm more into. I'll be honest. I never used Tumblr. Never, ever. Mm-mm. It's because there was no fuck yeah, Laura T. Tumblr.com. <laughs> yeah, you know that's, what that is? that's true. I, I, know, I know about your fan page on Tumblr. <laughs> um, start one for me and I might check it out. No, please, please, <laughs> please don't. I won't because I don't look at Tumblr. But um, yeah, I just never really got into it. I was more of a live journal girly. And then when I grew out of live journal, I just never really sought another substitute. For that kind of blogging format. So I never really got into Tumblr. Side note, I just saw that you linked to Fuck Yeah, Andrew Sims and (laughs) The Flower Crown is so Tumblr 2012. I just noticed that too. (laughs) Wow. It's like a relic from the past. (laughs) And you know what? Fuck Yeah, Andrew Sims still gets some updates. Like it's gotten two updates this year, including one just last month. Tell him to throw a little Fuck Yeah, Andrew Sims traffic our way. (laughs) Millennial. I would love to know, whoever's running this, please tell me how many people follow this account still. (laughs) To answer your question, I think I probably lasted a little longer than you. I want to say like maybe 2014, so not much later. But I do sporadically check Tumblr because specifically if there's like a new show or like a new kind of fandom that I'm into, I think what Tumblr still does very well is that it's still very much a watering hole for all fandoms. And I think that you could argue that a lot of that has trickled over um, onto Twitter and also onto TikTok. But in terms of like a contained space, Tumblr is still a, a great place to kind of check the temperature on any kind of fandom you might be interested in. And um, it's also a good place to like, look to connect with other fans for shows that have been canceled or have been like long ended because you're probably going to find a community of people that are still into that thing over on Tumblr. So I think that that it still like serves a purpose. But if you're not like into fandom and pop culture, then it might not serve that purpose for you. You know, like it's a very specific, unique purpose. Yeah. What I have always loved about Tumblr is it has always felt like such a wholesome place to your point about fandom. It's it's just it feels cozy over on Tumblr. And people did actually try to rally behind it late last year when Elon bought Twitter. Do you two remember that? There was like a movement. Yeah, I do. Tumblr was like everybody come back. I, I still feel like Tumblr is not for the faint of heart, though, because I think they use you called it wholesome. I feel like people yeah. that use Tumblr affectionately refer to it as a hell site. So that's like two very different. <laughs> Whatever. Every example. social media site's a hell site. This is the least hellish of sites, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I and I did actually log back into my Tumblr for the first time in forever when there was that movement last year to make it like the new Twitter, but and nobody was on it, at least who I follow, so it just it really never took off. 
So I mentioned they're downsizing their staff and they're going to refocus on the core product. In a memo to staff titled, You Win or You Learn, Automatic CEO Matt Mullenweg said, After 600 plus person years effort put into Tumblr since the acquisition in 2019, we have not gotten the expected results from our effort, which was to have its revenue and usage above its peak periods. And the memo also just bluntly admitted that their attempts at growth have been unsuccessful. Mullenweg said it is better to have tried to summit the peak and failed than never to have tried at all. And so what's going to happen is staff is going to be moved to other departments. But for anybody who might be concerned about staffing changes, they said they will not be making any changes to the moderation teams, which, of course, is very important for safety. So I was wondering, has a website or social media network ever flopped and then made a comeback like Tumblr attempted to? I don't think I can think of one. I would maybe say people thought Snapchat was dead in the water because Instagram stole uh, Snapchat stories and that one definitely took off. Um, But Snapchat still endures. And in fact, it's the fifth biggest app in terms of monthly active users. I think people just love it for direct messaging, quickly sending somebody a photo. I love sending somebody a photo through Snapchat without it junking up their phone. It's fun. Snapchat is one that I also never really got into. I don't know if I, maybe I'm dating myself as an elder millennial, um, but I feel like a, a lot of people on the slightly younger side were more into Snapchat for a more prolonged period than I ever was. I tried, but I just couldn't I couldn't change my habits to get into using it. I guess part of the issue with what you're saying is that I don't really think it replaced anything. I think mm-hmm. it was in addition to. So if you couldn't get into Snapchat's features like the story and the direct photo messaging, if you had no reason to get into those, then I can see why you just didn't transfer from somewhere else i honestly also feel like the reason snapchat probably prevails is that it's way more low stakes to like if you're on online dating sites to give someone your snapchat information and talk through there than it might be to give them even your instagram like instagram does feel a little bit more impersonal to some people and that's great but like You know, Andrew and I are like public figures, for lack of a better word, on Instagram. I don't like I wouldn't necessarily like want to give someone my Instagram before I give them my phone number. But like if I was still using Snapchat, be like, yeah, sure, you can have my Snapchat because it's not linked to anything else. And I I wonder if maybe that's why it still is going strong. Yeah, because on Snapchat, you really don't have a profile. You have a bitmoji mm-hmm. as your picture you don't even have a bio really yeah. you might have your age there but that's about it text, that's a great way you to can send pictures you can send video messages you can and then it all just disappears and you know if somebody takes a screenshot so right right and this is why actually like this problem that you're describing pam with instagram is is, is exactly what i felt with meeting new people out here because people ask are you on instagram and then they're going to he- see my whole damn life story and i'm not ashamed of it i want them to know it but not without me telling right. them face to face i don't need them hearing the life story through the grid on instagram that's a very good point point. and by the way snap is actually bigger than x slash twitter mm. For all the attention X and Twitter get, Snap is just Snap is just like flying under the radar, doing its own thing. Probably how they like it. Oh yeah, I would <laughs> hope so. 
<laughs> do you think Twitter will ever come back? And I, it, I know it's still big. I'm not saying it's not. But when I say come back, do you think the spirit of Twitter will ever come back? Or has Elon just eviscerated it? <laughs> I feel like they're taking away everything like new that they good that they've introduced that's new. Like Circles is gone. I can't believe they got rid of Circles. I know that was the best feature they've rolled out in a while. Now they have like voice, like video calls on um, direct messaging. I don't want that. Just give me circles back. And I don't even get what the point of getting rid of circles is because I I would assume it's that less content is being posted publicly. So less content to put ads in between, you know, those kinds of reasons. But you can still just make another Twitter account, make it private and then only add the people you want into it. So that's that's basically Twitter circles. It's just a bigger pain in the ass. But that's how we were doing it before they introduced Twitter circles. I have a private Twitter account yeah. that I was using to only communicate with friends. So that's what people are going to do. So, And I think to address the other points being raised right now, I think people are really trying to leave Twitter. But you, it's very hard to quit because so many people are still there. I really tried. I'm still checking threads quite a bit, yeah. almost much as as much as I do Twitter, but I can't let go. There's too much good content on Twitter, unfortunately. Yeah, and the thing I, I mean, like the engagement is so hit or miss on um, threads. On threads, yeah, it, the stupidest things get attention. I made like this stupid throwaway <laughs> thread about Taylor Swift, and all of a sudden I had like. All these notifications, like what's happening? Oh, it's threads. Like something finally popped off. Wow. Okay. But like with with Twitter, it's like you kind of like know what to expect as far as engagement. And I think that that's why people still go there because they still have a built in audience that's active. Right. 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 You want to for for like for as much as people say they don't care about engagement, like you're you're shouting into the void because you want someone to shout back. Yeah. So you're going to go wherever they're shouting back. That's a good point. What was this post you made that went what well, was very popular? I was basically saying that Taylor Swift doing hot ones was like really funny to me because this girl literally admitted to like never having had a burrito up until a few years ago on her documentary on Netflix. And so like, I just think that like, she's not built for spice. (laughs) That's funny. I don't know. I thought it was funny, but I just didn't expect people to like find it you know oh. i like literally like specifically put it on threads because i thought it was dumb uh-huh no but i mean sometimes that's the content that's gonna do best like i i posted a photo of one plant that was alive and thriving and another one right next to it that was dying and i said <laughs> i made an art installation that shows the contrast between twitter and x and i thought it was so stupid and yet it did pretty well on threads so I, I, you just never know. Just yeah. being your your truest start, self like, works cross, best. I should just start cross posting on both to see like where things get the most traction, like a little controlled experiment. That's a good right, idea. right. You know, I almost tweeted uh, on election night last week. I didn't because I stopped caring pretty quickly. But um, when we got the news about Ohio, I almost went on Twitter and was like, "Well, I know where I'm going on vacation next." <laughs> <laughs> That would have been good. That's that's funny. Yeah, maybe. But at, at the same time, I thought about it for two seconds, and then I was like, eh, I don't know the last time I posted on Twitter. I won't call it X. Should have been like Ohio is for lovers and also for people who want to legalize abortion and weed. Yes. <laughs> 
So looking at some other things we used to love and adore, not just social media apps, by the way. We'll look at some apps and other websites, too. AIM, AOL Instant Messenger, of course. What happened to AIM? Why did we stop using it, though? Facebook Messenger and texting. Is that it? Mm. I think texting's the big one. Because when was the last time we used AIM? I want to say like 2007, but Facebook Messenger wasn't around back then. Uh, We were definitely, for me, we were definitely still using AIM through like 2012, I think. Really? Yeah. I remember this because we were, I was still in college until 2011. We were doing Smart Maths and MuggleCast at the time, and we definitely communicated over AIM and email. Mm. And I'll let you all in on a little secret. Before Slack and Microsoft Teams, every major news outlet was using AIM to shoot off message, like quick messages to people in opposite sides of the office. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, even before Slack for like Hypable and these podcasts, we were using, at least when it came to Hypable, we were using a Facebook group. And it was chaos Mm -hmm. all the time. It was no way to work together. Not as safe, definitely. Like, that's the thing that, um, I I mean, I guess like AOL Instant Messenger, it's it's hard to know like where you're going to hack or like who you're going to hack to get sensitive information. But now looking back on it, I think about, you know, all of these conversations, these like business conversations we were having for major news outlets. Yeah. Over AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. You know, and also to connect from like coast to coast. So like East Coast and West Coast offices because Slack didn't exist. Teams didn't exist. I saw this message on threads. Excuse me. I saw this post on threads. One night you logged out of AOL Instant Messenger forever and you didn't even know it. Whoa. Yeah. That's sad. That's really true. Sad. I mean, do y'all remember when AOL announced that they were killing AIM a couple of years ago? I think Didn't I we have do. a funeral on the show? <laughs> I think we did. MySpace, Facebook definitely killed MySpace. I think no debate there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. MySpace has tried to make a comeback, but they haven't been able to stick. I would honestly, I wouldn't be mad because MySpace was the easiest way to find new music. Right. And that's how they're trying to position themselves currently, right? Mm-hmm. A music site. Too little, too late, though. Yeah. They should have had the hindsight to do that back in the day. But, like, how are you supposed to know? Now, of course, easier said than done. But what if MySpace just became a streaming app, like another Spotify or something? That could be cool. So you're streaming all your music. Mm. Easier said than done. But you're streaming all your music, making your playlists. It could have a social element, too. Like, remember when Apple tried something called ping it was like a music social network oh yeah i forgot about that oh my yeah. god it was really bad it was useless so maybe myspace just does like a social spotify i think that'd be cool yeah honestly if spotify wants to take that idea i wouldn't be mad at that either <laughs> yeah because i never yeah. use the um you know they already have like the activity center if you could just like shoot off messages messages to your friends there Say, hey, I just found this really cool song. You should check it out. Like, that'd be a great use for that. Uh, Make your top eight artists page. That could be fun. Who are my top eight artists? And either you build it yourself or just automatically does it based on your listening habits. Are you listening, Spotify? I know. Look at all these free ideas we're giving you. (laughs) I wanted to mention Flickr. This is where you could host photos. This is where I hosted photos. And I remember this. 
I still have some albums on like Flickr gives me an email about like, you know, don't forget that your account exists. I used to love Flickr as a, a budding photo nerd and still am budding. Um, I just loved having a place to host your photos in high res. It just felt like revolutionary at the time because there really was no place to put high res photos or at least not many. It's good for hosting if you wanted to like embed photos somewhere else too. Yes. Yes. Flickr. Laura, you do this next one because it's related. Tiny pick for anyone who doesn't remember this. This was actually a feature launched by Photo Bucket. Do y'all remember this? And it was essentially serving as a photo and video hosting service that would shorten your URL. So if you had a long ass photo bucket link, you could just pop that sucker into Tiny pick and it would very important for Twitter. Yeah, it could give you a much shorter URL. Downside of it was it didn't host things indefinitely. So if you used it and you published it somewhere, the link would eventually die. But, you know, it it served (laughs) its purpose. (laughs) There for a good time, not a long time. (laughs) Yep. Um, Blogger. I had a couple of blogger blogs actually and funnily enough i just got an email from blogger out of the blue today i never get emails reminding me about my legacy blogs and it said this email has a legacy blogger account that hasn't logged in since 2007 so i have not logged into my blogger account since then in 60 days i will lose access to the account and the data will be permanently deleted unless migrated to google but do you see the links I have in here on with my two blogs? Andrew Sims with a Z.com and my subheader is I like computers. And then I just I'm blogging March 7th, 2005. Sims 2 University came out, but I'm waiting to either download it or let Becca buy it. I also decided she's not playing Sims 2 until she pays me. But like it's just a lot of personal stuff. This is the kind of stuff I would have posted on Live Journal. Same, same. <laughs> Andrew, I'm reading over this whole post right now about you wanting to get a Mac Mini and go to Chicago. And <laughs> Some things never change. Some things never change. <laughs> but I wrote in the Chicago one, the parents don't have any problem with me using my money to get a Mac Mini, but going to Chicago is totally absurd to them. So it's a definite no. This must have been for the Half-Blood Prince book party, I think, Laura, the MuggleNet Half-Blood Prince party. <sighs> Probably. Yeah. And then, you know, little did they know a couple of short years later, you were going to become Harry Potter royalty and be jet setting across (laughs) the globe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, but you two used Live Journal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That that was like way before Blogger. That was like early 2000s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think I did at some point try and do which one was the one that was like linked to to Google. Remember Google had like Google Spaces or something? I don't... It was like Google's version of a social media site. Oh, Google Plus? Google Plus, oh. yeah. Whatever one was linked to Google Plus, I think I did also try um, doing some blogging, but um, it was it's hard to keep up. And I feel like blogging, you kind of had to start at a certain time to really like build a following. Uh, while we're talking about Google, uh, I'll mention uh, Google Answers. Do y'all remember this? Yeah. Mm. It was only from like 2002 to 2006. <laughs> Did not go very long. Kind of like, uh, like Quora? Yeah. 
I think Google's just discovered their lane, you know? <laughs> Search. We can't figure out yeah. anything else. Search an email. <laughs> and we'll just buy other things that are successful and make them part of the Google ecosystem. And by That's the way, our search results are trash. All you find are articles written by bots and people trying to make <laughs> uh, uh, quick money off of like SEO tactics. Uh, Vine. Vine holds a special place in my heart. Vine walked so TikTok could run. And I think in a lot of ways, Vine is actually better than TikTok. And I love TikTok. You'll know this. But Vine had this limit. It was six seconds. It was short form videos up to six seconds. So it required people to be clever like really fucking clever if they wanted to go viral and trend. And there are still vines to this day that get recycled <laughs> on places like TikTok because yeah. they're so good. And you can also just go to YouTube or probably TikTok and just type in like best of vine and there's all these oh, yeah. great compilations. Yeah, vine the shortness of the videos did force like you said the creativity and it just like too often these days, it's all about like now the social media platforms are all about longer videos. YouTube obviously has had a very high video runtime limit, but TikTok keeps increasing theirs. Instagram Reels is in increasing theirs because they want to increase watch time. So I wonder if Vine still existed today, if it's still would be limited to six seconds, or maybe would they double it to 12 and then 24? I have to think, unfortunately, they would have went that way. Yeah. Just to make the money. They would have. That's something like, I. this is like a grim comparison, but like Vine went out when it was on top. Freddie Mercury died too soon, but he died on <laughs> top, you know? Yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> He was still what are you top. implying, Andrew? There wasn't time for these people's <laughs> careers to absolutely plummet. You know, they just right. went out on top. Seinfeld, they ended the show on top. Yeah. Ending on a high note. Yeah. There's so we'll, something to be said for that. We'll all look fondly and credit it as like the birthplace of TikTok because it, it never got itself in trouble in terms of turning into a worse platform. Also want to mention Clubhouse. I think this is actually one of the more recent ones we're talking about today. Yeah. People were so excited about Clubhouse. This was live audio streaming. I remember talking to you, Laura, briefly being like, maybe we can start doing podcasts through here and stuff like that. The premise was very exciting and it was like always having live podcasts happening. I tried to like start listening in the evenings because it was kind of like fun to listen in on people's live conversations. But then it just turned into this Bitcoin bro chat room. All It's all about scams in those chats these days. Yeah. They had a host of other problems that we won't get into today, but it's a bummer because you also saw like other, what, I think Spotify tried to rip off the idea. There's all these spinoffs. Twitter. Twitter, spaces, yeah. Which is still big. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. that That's my big issue with Twitter spaces too, is that I, you know, I tried to listen to some of those and so much of it that was being recommended. I don't know if this was, you know, Twitter trying to push the Bitcoin, like cryptocurrency or um, NFT. But like so much of it was like centered on that. And it was so hard to find topics that I actually wanted to listen in on. Right. 
And then unfortunately, when it is live, if it's not moderated well, if the panelists aren't good, you know, you could fix that in editing, at least sometimes. But when it's live, it's like, oh, this is just boring. And there's nothing I can do to improve it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I do think that like, I mean, Clubhouse aside, I think that it's it's so hard with like Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, to know what's going to stick now that Elon is spearheading that. Because I, I do think that like their response to Clubhouse was really smart. And it was a great way to get the community involved, too, because you could have people, you know, tweeting about your space in real time. And for a smaller show like us, that could have been potentially advantageous because you're getting responses in real time and those people are tweeting out into the universe. And so the odds of somebody like finding your conversation are a lot higher. Who put in Foursquare here? I did. Great memory, Laura. I was I was reminded because you were obsessed. <laughs> you, you were everywhere. That's right. Um, I was everywhere. You mean I was checking in everywhere. Yes. So Foursquare, basically the whole premise, and Facebook ripped this off too. Jesus. You go to a place. Let's say I go to the gym. You just check into the gym. You can leave a review if you want. You can see where your friends are if they're checking in. But that's it. And if you had the most check-ins, more than anybody else who has checked into a particular location, you became the mayor. So that was the game element. I guess you all... Oh, you must have also received points for like checking in daily, checking into the same place daily, you know, streaks, all that. So yes, I did get very much into Foursquare. But now like that type of thing would never survive today with the privacy concerns people would have about sharing where you were. I mean, doesn't... In hindsight, it wasn't smart at the time either. No, no, it was not. <laughs> I mean, I don't they still exist, though? They rebranded as Swarm. Yeah, that's what killed it for me. Because they tried to split. <laughs> so Swarm became the check-in app, and then Foursquare was the review app. So they tried to split it up for some reason. I feel like that type of thing never goes well. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because you're trying to get people, again, to change their behavior. Yeah. yeah, that's honestly why I don't use Facebook Messenger on my phone anymore, because I hate that they split it yep. from the Facebook app. I do kind of miss it. <laughs> it was fun. I was really you miss it. being the mayor. I miss being the mayor of the gym or of like Panera Bread or something. <laughs> oh, and remember, restaurants actually offered promos if you checked in. Mm-hmm. They did. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that was one good thing. Announce your yeah, location. That's right to the now public. you have to check in on Yelp. Oh, of course, of course. I tried to get into Foursquare for like a minute. There was a couple of months there where I because I felt like everyone I followed online was into it. So I was like, oh, maybe I should be on here. And I just couldn't keep up with it. So that was another uh social media platform that fell by the wayside for me. And maybe you were just like, why do I care? Why do I care that Andrew's at McDonald's right now? It doesn't matter I mean, to me. I don't know. When you're that young, you do care, though. And I think that's part of what drove interest in being part of that platform. Because if you're showing you're always checking in somewhere, it's a way of demonstrating that you have a life. You're out there touching grass. You're doing fun things and hanging out with fun, sexy people while I'm sitting at home drinking tea, you know? (laughs) Fun, sexy people. I said I check in at McDonald's. You think I'm hanging out with 
sexy grimace <laughs> over there. Hey, you know what? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, man. That's right. <laughs> I'm in the bears. How about um this next one, Pam? Oh, yes. Um, Omegle. Do you guys remember Omegle? I do. For the longest time, I would just read that fast and assume that it was like omelet, but like fancy (laughs) (laughs) omelet. So for anyone that doesn't know, Omegle was this like chat room that was randomized. So you could insert a topic that you were interested in and then it would just pair you randomly with somebody else that was also interested in that thing. Oh. Omegle actually recently shut down just last week and they did so because of this lawsuit that was brought forth by somebody who experienced a very similar occurrence that a lot of people did. They basically were talking about how they were like um, sexually abused on this app because it wasn't um uncommon to log into Omegle and then just like be paired with somebody that was, you know, trying to show you their penis. Yeah. Or something, for example. But this this case is a little bit more extensive than that. And so uh so $22 million lawsuit that's been going on for two years. They just settled. And after that, they decided to shut down. Michelle in the Discord is saying and chat roulette. We actually were talking about the similarities there. Chat roulette is actually still going strong. It, it, and they both launched in 2009, but just months apart from each other. So it's interesting that Chat Roulette hasn't faced similar consequences because there's been, you know, similar issues um, with regards to that as well. Yes. Chat Roulette, I don't recognize it anymore, though. I don't know what I'm doing. It's it, with chat roulette, you used to open it up, hit let's go, and you were paired. Now, like I'm currently on it, I'm just clicking through faces, but it's I don't know what I'm doing. I'm voting on people I want to meet up with in the future. I want to go on here and see like a random dick every four spins of the roulette wheel. Like it's just not the same anymore. But oh, I actually I don't think I was aware of Omega Omegle. That does sound really fun, like the general premise. Yeah, I remember that I never used it. But I remember it being really popular on YouTube. Like if anybody watched YouTube in the maybe like between like 2009, and 2014, you probably remember people doing, you know, a Megal challenges where they would just go on and see who they would get paired with. And so, it, it, you know, it had its moment for sure. And I was reading this um, article about Omegal and preparation for today's discussion and apparently they saw a little bit of a renewed spike in traffic over the pandemic because people were lonely and they're trying to figure out how to socialize from their own home so yeah 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 i knew a couple people who did that actually let's talk about yik yak this one's relatively recent it is a newer one um this is an app it's an anonymous app that is intended for you to use at your college or university. So if you are a student at a particular university, you have to sign up with your college email address to prove your identity. Um, But then you and everyone else at your school who is on Yik Yak can post to your school's unique board. Anonymous shit. And it's all like one to two sentences, observations that people have. about fellow peers, about things on campus. Sometimes people would ask questions and give really helpful answers. Sometimes people would be bullies on it. Um, I assumed that it didn't exist anymore because I haven't heard anything about it in a long time. But I think 
maybe that's just because I'm not college aged anymore and wouldn't be using it because I definitely um, got on it when I was in grad school, though I wasn't super active on it because it definitely skewed younger. Like it was definitely the younger students at the school who were using it. Um, But yeah, it's still a thing. I was surprised Mm -hmm. by that. I swear, though, you used to just make an account and that was that. You could get in whether or not you were a student. And the reason I say this is I just re-downloaded it and tried to make an account. But because I'm not in college, I can't. And yet I swear I use really? this just like as a local app. Hmm. Maybe it was like that in the beginning. Maybe. Then they started locking it down. Cause yeah, I definitely remember it being a college-specific thing when I used hmm. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yik yak. It's so dangerous, too, though. You start anonymously talking about people through this app. Yeah. In a way, kind of reminds me of the honesty box. Remember when Facebook did that? It's not exactly Uh, the same thing. It allowed direct um, person-to-person anonymous bullying. (laughs) Do either of you remember an anonymous, anonymous one you could set up and just link to it from Instagram? A lot of people were doing that. Remember? No, uh, yeah, what was ago? that called? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was um I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a website. Yeah. I want us to call it Honesty Box. Something secret. Yeah. Form, Form Spring. Spring. Yes, Jenna. That's what it was. Form Spring. How about some places that are over but still kind of hot? Like I want to say Pinterest, but I know Pinterest is still hot. It just seems like a mess it to is. me. It is very mm-hmm. hot though. It's not hot for us maybe i don't think anyone on this panel is a big pinterest user but uh i wouldn't discount it because it is still very prime Mm -hmm. i will say anytime i'm looking for hair inspiration pictures i go on pinterest i was gonna say that it's um it's great for that for hair reference if you're trying to do something new and you need reference photos for your hairdresser um also for home improvement ideas too sometimes especially like repainting the house which i do more often than i should because i get bored but i i always go to pinterest first because i kind of like know the color family that i want but i'm trying to like narrow it down before i go to the hardware store um, and then like, also we've talked about stitch fix before. I don't, I think that's the last time I had to create a board oh, because yeah. stitch fix asked me for a style board for like what I was interested in still serves its purpose, I guess. One that is still hot, I guess. And I hate it is LinkedIn. I hate it too. I hate LinkedIn so much. It- I would maybe be indifferent if like the amount of emails they send. Yes. The amount of spam I get from LinkedIn and I have unsubscribed from everything and they still send me stuff. Same problem here. I think I just set up a a filter in Gmail to stop those from appearing in my inbox because like you, Pam, I could Mm. not get them to stop. And I think I wanted to delete it but it was like being very difficult although actually the problem is sometimes i do want to look look at linkedin from time to time i just don't want all the notifications via email so i keep it it is unfortunately like still a good way to connect with people like especially if you're job hunting and like i don't know maybe you don't know exactly who to reach out to you might get lucky 
Yes. On LinkedIn. Totally agree with that. Personally, I have like barely any use for this thing. I just don't enjoy going on LinkedIn. And I don't know, maybe it's just because of when this age, oh my God, it's because when this age grew up, our age group, you know, but like we go to social media to unwind, to escape, to be social, not to work. Yes. And going on LinkedIn, it feels corporate. It even feels corporate. The entire layout of it is just not appealing to me. What else are you going to do on LinkedIn? It's not like you go there looking for memes and stuff. I guess they maybe try to want to become that in some ways. (sighs) A fun workplace. It's a fun workplace. We have fun here. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We have a ping pong table. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're trying to be the ping pong table of the office. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to look at some listener memories from days gone by. We'll be right back. Okay, so let's look at some from listeners who chimed in via the Patreon chats, which we've been loving, by the way. That live chat is a lot of fun in the Patreon app. Megan said, I really liked message boards in general as a tool, my go-to for almost a decade, and now I can't remember the last time I visited one. Either you still use a message board? No, not now, but I used to be very into them. Like like forums and stuff, right? Yeah, I loved a good forum. You want to talk about hell sites. Those were hell sites. Like, yes, they were moderated, (laughs) but people have a lot of courage uh, behind Mm -hmm. their keyboards and no profile pictures on these PHP BB forums. I'm still an active user of a forum. (laughs) It's a Bruce Springsteen one. And everybody is just (laughs) fighting over each other all the time. It's a mess. But I like it for getting some early scoops on things. I will say that I feel like Discord is taking the place of traditional forums, but the the only drawback is that it's really hard to find Discords to join. And if they can figure out how to advertise open Discords for interests that you might have, then Discord would really pop off more than it already has. The discovery angle, you're saying, I think, discovering these new discords that you might be interested in i've tended to see discord recommendations through reddit i think Mm -hmm. like i'm in a las vegas hangout one because i'm social now i'm in a podcasting community one i'm in a patreon creator one like you just gotta find recommendations outside of discord anyway megan also mentioned stumble upon that was good that was a site where you could um you just hit like go and it would bring you to a random website I remember that. That was fun. That's a throwback. Closed in 2018, it looks like. Nazanin said, for a while, I used Nimbuzz, but I don't know if it was popular in the US or not. I don't think it was. It was a messaging app, though. I Googled it. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. Katya said LiveJournal, which we already touched on. Uh, Chelsea said Zanga, which I don't know if we've (gasps) mentioned yet, but... Oh, I forgot about Zanga. Zanga definitely had... Uh, a grip on my heart Aww. back in the day. <laughs> I loved Zanka. Chelsea <laughs> also mentioned Muggle Space, which I think is very funny. <laughs> I forgot about that. There was this installation, like like a forum, 
where you could create your own MySpace. And this was like peak MySpace. And we thought at MuggleNet, why don't we use this tool to create our own Harry Potter social network? And we can laugh about it. But you know what? I know two people who met through MuggleSpace who eventually got married. So you know what? MuggleSpace found love for two people. Are they still together? I honestly don't know. I don't want to know. It would break my heart <laughs> if MuggleSpace brought them together and then tore them apart. And then finally, Liza said, Neopets. Yeah. Oh, man. Neopets was my shit mm. back in the day. That's another good one. Also, just wanted to mention... Maybe one of one of you two could extrapolate on this one more. But speaking of things that have closed, Jezebel just announced they were shutting down. Yeah, Jezebel was a feminist kind of news reporting op-ed type website. Their whole pitch was that they reported on news, sex, fashion, politics with teeth, they said. I definitely read a number of things from Jezebel over the course of its lifetime, Pam. I don't know if if you did as well, but I feel like it often got pushed through Facebook primarily was where I saw their articles being pushed. I, um, I've never really been that big into Facebook, but, um, Jezebel, similar to the Mary Sue, those are all things that because they have a very distinct opinion that you don't always agree with, you saw these linked all the time on Twitter and I'm sure they still get linked if they're still writing stuff. I just don't spend as much time on Twitter as I used to. But um, yeah, the, to your point, I, I definitely read a fair few articles from Jezebel. Didn't always agree, but I appreciated the point of view and it's a, yeah, it's too bad. It's sad when you see any um, site closed down, especially if they're doing, you know, feature writing. Yeah. So. And on issues surrounding women's rights it's like not a particularly great look for geo media who owns this site and Mm -hmm. owns many other pretty big sites the av club gizmodo deadspin kotaku uh the root the onion i mean a lot of like iconic websites that have been around for these are all also sites with distinct voices yes and it's sad again to to see those voices go yeah absolutely well, that is too bad. Um, and Rotten.com. This one's listed here. I had not used yeah. this. Yeah. Does Does anyone remember this? So Rotten.com, I think of this as like a precursor to 4chan. Um, it lived from 1996 to 2012. And it was essentially uh, photos, videos, descriptions, any other kind of media you can imagine representing the most horrific, ungodly shit. Um, oftentimes, Rotten.com would include like sometimes autopsy photos of dead famous Oof. people, which was really gross, but they also had photos and videos of lewd sex acts and other kinds of disgusting things to be putting on the internet. Um, it it was pretty gross, and I feel like it was just 1990s 4chan. Yeah. This also reminds me of FARC.com. I used to love FARC.com. It was a news aggregator. It's still online. It still looks like it's operating in the year 2002. Like very little has changed here, I see, but they are updating it. And it's just like interesting articles they find um, from around the web every day. 
and they're labeled by different categories. Last but not least, this isn't social media or like web publishing, but wanted to mention that Mint.com is shutting down. And the reason I wanted to call this out is twofold. A, Mint.com is a budgeting site and it's free. And basically what happens is you connect all of your bank accounts and it's easier to track your uh, spending and um, your income, and it just puts it all in one place. So if you have like different credit cards, different banks, it's nice to consolidate it all so it's easier to see how you are spending. Um, Now it's shutting down. So the second reason I bring this up is because in the weeks ahead, we are going to have a chat about budgeting app alternatives. I've been playing around with a couple, and we'll see what we use here and if we have any other recommendations. Mint was great because it was free, so that is too bad. That's our look back at the internet. I miss you, old internet. I miss you, Fark.com. <laughs> it was a different world. Hey, you know an old site that's been around for a while and still doing great, and it just got better in the last couple of weeks? Etsy. We have our Muggle Millennial <laughs> Etsy store, MuggleMillennial.Etsy.com. While supplies last, you could pick up all kinds of items from the MuggleCast and Millennial Patreons that we have extra inventory of so supplies are limited they really are i know that sounds salesy but it's true once these are gone they are gone and that's one way to support us another way is by signing up for our patreon or pledging or subscribing via apple podcasts and you get after dark every week pam what's coming up in after dark we're going to be talking about gossip which everybody loves a little bit of gossip. But specifically, we're going to be talking about how TikTok is changing the gossiping landscape. So we're going to inject a little bit of social trend news into the conversation and then talk about um, if we've ever been caught gossiping ourselves and what about and what the ramifications of that was. Okay. It's going to bring me back to my time as an Uber driver, hearing all the gossip and really enjoying (laughs) hearing all of it. After Dark is part of Mega Millennial, and that is the main show ad-free with After Dark attached to the end. If you're a Spotify user and you want Mega Millennial, you can tap into the show and then click the Patreon banner, and you'll be able to access the Patreon audio benefits like Mega Millennial right within Spotify. You can also leave comments on each episode, by the way, within Spotify, and we do read those, so keep them coming. If you want to support us outside of Patreon, again, we've got the Apple Podcast subscription, and whether you support us on Apple or Patreon, free trials are available, and there's an annual subscription to save you money. All right, well, it's time for recommendations. What do you got, Laura? Uh, I wanted to make a the, a very seasonal recommendation here. If you haven't yet, please go and get your flu and uh, your flu shot and your COVID booster um, if you are able to do so. I just got my flu shot yesterday, and uh, I can confirm this year's flu shot feels pretty mild. I feel like last <laughs> year's gave me a little bit more of a headache than oh. this one did. So. Okay, a good review. I haven't done my flu shot yet. I need to get on that. I did mine last month, both the booster and the flu. Nice. Double jab. I want to recommend pointsyeah.com. This is another Reddit discovery of mine. So this site lets you find the best way to book air travel with your credit card points. So it does this in part by showing you where to transfer your credit card points to. 
to maximize their value. So for example, if you use a Chase credit card and then you would be using their Ultimate Rewards program. That might be the cheapest place to book your flight. However, Points Yeah will tell you if it's not and say, hey, if you transfer your Chase Ultimate Rewards points to, say, Virgin Atlantic, you're going to get much more value with those points over on Virgin Atlantic. So really, it does all that comparison shopping for you and gives you the best path to using those points to maximize what they are worth. Um, I came across the site because I was I'm potentially doing a trip over to England in the next year or two. And so I was looking for a cheap way to do it. And this site was recommended on Reddit. So um, I checked it out and I was really seeing some good deals with points. So I was very impressed. Points. Yeah. Y-E-A-H dot com. And I wanted to recommend the animated series Avatar The Last Airbender specifically because Netflix released the first trailer for their live action adaptation of this series just last week. I think like anybody that's a fan of the original, like I'm cautiously optimistic because they've messed up live action adaptations of this property in the past, but the trailer looks so good and all the visuals coming out of this look super good. And I'm calling it right now. This is going to be event television. So if you all want to get in on this, then you should take this as a sign to watch the animated series. The sequel Legend of Korra is also on Netflix right now, too. So you can very easily binge both their super short episodes, like 25 minute episodes. And there's only three seasons of Avatar. So you can get through this super quick. Um, It is like a little bit childish in the beginning, I would say, because you have to remember that this originally aired on Nickelodeon, right? So it is meant for kids. But the series goes so deep and the character development is so good. So you should definitely check this out if you haven't. And if it's been a while since you rewatched it, um, I just binged it all over the weekend and it still holds up. So it's a good time to return to the series and get prepped for the live action adaptation, which drops on Netflix on February 22nd, 2024. So just a few months away. I'm excited. You both are excited. And for anybody who just does not know the show, it's not to be confused with the James Cameron avatar, just for the record. It's so different. (laughs) Completely different thing. All right. Make sure you're following the show in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you use Spotify to listen to music, we would also recommend using it to listen to podcasts. Just consolidate, a word I've been using a lot today. If you have any feedback about today's episode, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or you can use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. We're all over the, well, in our opinion, the best social media networks, maybe except for Facebook, Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Threads. And then over on TikTok, we're Millennial Pod. After Dark starts in a moment for patrons and Apple Podcast subscribers. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.